I want you to think back on all of the things that have been a crisis in the last couple of years. Constitutional crisis with the impeachment. President impeached two times. Uh, The corruption involved in all of that. The election, which was absolutely corrupt. The now spiraling cost of uh, cars and gas and refrigerators and your home and lumber, food. Think of the inflation just on meat that you're now paying. You're paying $175 more than you did last year just on inflation. And stagflation, even worse, might be in our future and worse than the 1970s. Many Americans don't even want to work anymore. The American government has, is, it now seems to have the back of the Mr. Potters of the world and is set against even the ideas of the little guy at the Bailey Savings and Loan. It's anarchy on our border. Another possible 90,000 Haitians are coming our way. A confirmed 60,000 are coming our way. Afghanistan, not just anarchy, it was a marker to our allies and our enemies that America is no longer to be counted on, and a marker in all of us. This is dishonor. We've dishonored ourselves. The tribalism that is happening, the unelected bureaucrats that now seem to be running our country, without anyone being able to stop them seemingly the fbi now investigating parents who say i don't want you to teach critical race theory i don't want any of this in our school you now are a terrorist and the fbi is being weaponized the irs is being weaponized the constitution is being thrown out the window wow it's kind of hard It's kind of hard to imagine that the American citizen is going to survive. Victor Davis Hanson is with us. He is the author of The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. Does the American idea and the American citizen survive? We talk to Victor Davis Hanson in 60 seconds. You know, you can tell quality work when you see it. Take buying and selling houses, for example. What does it take to become a real estate agent these days? You pass a test and slap credentials on you. You're good to go. Whether your heart or your head is really in it. I'm going to do this part time. Well, okay, I don't want a part time person working on. You imagine going to a um, investor uh, somebody, you know, a broker and saying, yeah, I'm going to give you my 401k and all my life savings. And he's like, OK, well, you can get me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm, you know, working at the restaurant the rest of the week. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh-uh, I don't think so. Here's what you need. Somebody who's really dedicated to it. Somebody who listens to you. Somebody who knows the best practices and somebody with a great track record. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is, I want you to call them. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to interview the real estate agents that they will pass on to you. You do your own homework. These, we've done our homework on these people. We believe in these people. See if you do. And if you do, hire one of them. It's a free service to you. 
But get the best real estate agent you can find. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Victor Davis Hanson, senior fellow, Hoover Institution, and author of The Dying Citizen. Ah. Victor, how are you, sir? Very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. I don't know if I'm looking forward to this interview or not, because you nail, <laughs> you nail the problem. You nail the problem. <sighs> well, it's called, a, it's called a dying, not quite. I didn't use the, the title dead citizen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, 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 on a, uh, it's, it's on its last leg, it seems. It's in, uh, it's in intensive care, and I'm, I'm wondering what we have to do to be able to save it. Well, you know, Glenn, if we'd had this conversation, I was writing this book in the last two years of the trumpet and I was worried, but had we had this conversation, then we would have said for all of the lawsuits and the subterfuge, the border is finally becoming, let's say by, I don't know, August, 2020 secure. And we had gone back to the idea that if you're going to come in the United States, you had to do so legally in measured fashion and preferably with a diverse immigration policy globally. Right. And I think we also I think you would agree that for all the and I had been very critical. I know you had two of its spending out of control by yeah. Donald Trump's administration, mm-hmm. but we still had low inflation and low interest and low unemployment. And we didn't have people staying home or we didn't have the port of L.A. backed up beyond the horizon. And you could say abroad that the Abrams Ape Court had turned a new chapter in U.S. foreign policy. Yeah. We were gradually starting to get out of Afghanistan. People had come to a consensus that now with energy insufficiency, insuff- we're sufficient in energy. We don't have to have these optional wars in the Middle East that don't pan out in terms of blood and treasure for our interests, much less the people who fight them. So we were on a trajectory that I think was, you could call it a remediation or not a complete anecdote, but we were making some progress. And then uh, we had this woke revolution. We had COVID. We had the economic voluntary recession. We had the George Floyd riots. We had this 102 million absentee ballot uh, election and it just, and by the time I finished the book, this was happening, and I was, I thought, you know, nobody wants to read about these abstract historical and cultural and social reasons why we lose citizenship, but then suddenly it's like, here wow, it is. You're writing about there it is. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's really, it's really, truly terrifying how well orchestrated this has been. I mean, this is, it's brilliant in the architecture of bringing us down to our knees. I think so. I think in the 60s, protesters threw rocks at the Pentagon or, yeah. they, you know, they threw paint on the corporate uh, logo at the at a corporate headquarters or they went and stormed the dean's office. But now those people, they are the dean. Yeah. They are the corporate. Correct. They are the general generals in the Pentagon. So Correct. this is a kind of a top down uh, revolution. You, you know, it's it's. It's Phyllis Quellar's the BLM co-founder Marxist hmm. on her fourth home. Yeah. Or Ibram Kendi charging us $20,000 $20, for an hour of indoctrination on Zoom per corporate person. It's so crazy. it's a very strange revolution. It's, it's among the elite 
taking these organic forces that have been going on, weakening the middle class, weakening the purchasing power of the middle class, destroying our borders, confusing residency with citizenship, and then re, you know, retribalizing so we identify by our race, our ethnic rather than our common American identity. But that was that was empowered by these elites that want to change the constitution. They grew the administrative state. They unleash people, you know, General Miley, James Comey, James Clapper, John Brennan, Eric Kleinsmith, Peter Strzok. And then we've got these people who all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but 180 year filibuster is no good. 50 state union, 60 years, no good. 150 year tradition of nine justices in the Supreme Court, no good. 233 years of electoral college, no good. 233 years that the states have primary responsibility in national elections, no good. And that's the beginning. They're, they're questioning what, and today in the LA Times, somebody's questioning why, and I mentioned that in the book actually, why we need two senators. Why not make them proportionally representative? Why should Wyoming or Idaho have any senators? Good heavens. Read the Federalist Papers. All of the answers are in that. Um, good heavens. Um, so where do we even begin? I mean, the, the, the average citizen is being taught a lesson. Um, they're being taught a lesson. Get the vaccine and like it. And don't you dare say anything about it uh, or lose your job. There is no law. There is no Biden mandate. Nothing's been written down. This is just people, him suggesting it, and then everybody going, oh, there's a mandate. Um, there yeah, be- and it's not even based on the science, Glenn. I mean, I know. if you have had COVID, we were, told you that, we were told that was an inadequate prophylaxis. Now we're told that natural acquired immunity is superior to vaccinations, but you still need to be vaccinated. So we've got these people in the military and hospitals, some of whom, a lot of them, 100 million people have had COVID. They have better immunity than vaccinated people. According to Biden, you have to have both, but maybe people like me that got vaccinated but didn't get COVID should now go out according to that logic and get real immunity by getting Right. I mean, it's in, it's incoherent. Yeah. And it's it, it's scary because... Uh, we're losing, uh, we're losing our minds. All of a sudden, we're we're tribe, we're firing people at UCLA who don't want to use race as a criteria to punish or reward students, or we're shutting down small businesses. But Amazon and Walmart and Target are are just exempt. Uh, we're putting people in jail for violating quarantine, but a thousand healthcare professionals swear that it's better for the mental health of the nation that BLM protesters be exempted from quarantine law. It doesn't, it's, it's asymmetrical is what I'm saying. We really saw that with Senator, I mean, uh, Senator Sinema in the bathroom incident where she was chased by those undocked and then on an airplane or when Chuck Schumer yelled at the Supreme court and said, we're going to make you pay Gorsuch and in front of a mob or they, they rush flake. And then you compare all of that to what they do to other citizens. It's so asymmetrical. And it's a weaponization of the FBI, the DA, the, the U.S. military top brass. The, the, the uh, FBI, CIA, the Capitol Police. FBI. I mean, it All just it just doesn't end. And they're sending the message, sit down, shut up, do as you're told, or we'll destroy you. And um, it's really critical, in my opinion, that... That we understand they're only doing that because they know you can be really, really effective 
if all of us start to stand up and go, I don't care about your mandate. I don't care. Um, I, I don't care if you try to destroy me. I don't care. I believe these things are self-evident life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And those aren't the only rights. And I believe in the bill of rights and I believe in the constitution. And I don't believe that just because you're white, you have to pay for something that a bunch of white people you're not even related to, uh, did 150 years ago. I'm not standing for it anymore. I know. And you can already see indications of that, Glenn. I mean, suddenly, the Tony Awards, the Grammy Awards, the Oscar, they've just disappeared from the popular American mind. Nobody cares anymore. Those used to be national events to watch the Oscars yeah. 50 years ago. Nobody want, nobody watches the NBA. The only reason that exists is because of a $1.4 billion Chinese mar- a person Chinese market and the endorsements and the money that flows in. And I think people are kind of retreating to a monastery of their mind. They're They're tuning out network news or network programming or the latest going to the theater to see the latest Hollywood movie. And so they're starting to, and they're starting to resist. And I think that's, that's very scary. And I think the military, when we hear general Milley and general Oth, we're going after white rage and white supremacy, but they don't produce any data that support those really uh, inflammatory accusations. And then I, so I, I, when I heard that, I thought, okay, General Austin says he wants proportional representation in the military and or else. And Milley said, we're going to go after all these supposed young white people that are prone to supremacy. Let me look at the dead, the fatality statistics in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I, and I you look at them and they're 75 percent white males, not women, not minorities, white males who have died in those two wars. And I'm thinking, according to their own logic, then they would say, well, we have to pull them out of combat because they've died disproportionately according to their percentages. Is that, is that the kind of country we want? But that's, what, that's the trajectory that they're taking us to. And I think a lot of people are getting sick of it, it's, and it's just a question. I think there's going to be a big pushback in the midterms, I hope. I see these Hispanic communities where I live in the Central Valley, that uh, I think Mexican-American males voted 50% to recall Gavin Newsom, 43% of the Hispanic population. And then we see these border communities where Republican or conservative city councilmen and mayors are being elected. So something happened, I think, good to the... One of the things I mentioned at the epilogue is that the Republican Party is starting to shed the caricature that it's a a wealthy golfers, white, blue-stocking... you know, right. sort of a Mitt, Rom- Mitt Romney party. It's more right. of a populist, nationalist, middle class party. Except that offers hope. It, it does, except for uh, you know the uh, Mitch McConnells of the party that still seemed completely out of touch with the American people. And I want to I want to talk to you about that and also some of your solutions. Victor Davis Hanson, senior fellow at Hoover Institution. The name of the book is The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, Globalization are Destroying the Idea of America. Back with him in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, org. The Federal Reserve has decided the benchmark interest rates, uh, they've been holding them at near zero. They've indicated that rate hikes are going to come up soon. Some of the banks are already raising their rates. You know, why not? We've been talking about this for a while now, and uh, borrowing costs are still at near historic levels. 
I'm not sure how long uh, it's going to be before interest rates go up. And even if they do, that's going to destabilize things. It's going to be harder and harder to get a loan. And I just think we're headed towards disaster. Please um, get your financial house in order now. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net and get a refi on your mortgage or a consolidation loan. Um, But get something rock solid right now with American Financing. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. If Victor Davis Hanson makes sense to you, it's because uh, he's still a farmer. And I think there is something about uh, farmers and people that Thomas Jefferson said this. When people have their hands in the soil, uh, there's just something about them that uh, roots them into uh, logic and and common sense. So let me let me ask you about what happened yesterday with the GOP, because I have to tell you, I don't I don't see the GOP rallying around um, our Bill of Rights or our Constitution. And I see them seemingly just sitting on their hands. And then last night, 11 of them decide, yeah, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I think we're in a period of transition, but we've got an ossified leadership, especially in the Senate. But what gives me some hope is that I don't see a national, maybe you do because I'm maybe too naive, but I don't see a national campaign run on the principles of the old Republican Party. And that's a start. What I mean is nobody's going to say anymore as Jeb Bush did, that uh, illegal immigration is an act of love. And nobody's going to say that the more that you uh, concede to China and bring it into the global community and overlook uh, cheating and uh, patent and and copyright infringement, the more they're going to repay that magnanimity with reciprocal magnanimity. I don't think anybody believes that anymore. I just don't think anybody believes that you can write off the industrial heartland of America and say, well, the job's left because these guys are all opeds, these clingers and drags and deplorable. I don't think that's going to be. And that was pretty much, I think it was, what John McCain, that was the subtext of John McCain and Mitt Romney's campaigns. I mean, I voted for them, but I did it very reluctantly. I thought, wow. These are always the people that, that I never felt I had anything in common with. But so I think there's been a change there that at least rhetorically that m- people in this next campaign will, will run on the Trump agenda. Now, they may tweak it or not be sincere about it, but I don't mm. think anybody's saying we've got to get back to the principles of Mitch McConnell. And what, maybe he did some good things with the outsmarted his rivals on judicial appointments, but I don't think that he's, he and what he represents is what most people aspire to. Now it's just a question of, how much damage you do in a realistic, pragmatic, short-term sense by getting rid of him versus who's going to report it and, and the inner fraction squabbling why the Democrats are imploding. So I think there's a lot of people who say, well, there'll come a time for Mitch to step down, but right now do we want to have a big fight 
when these people are socialist and they want to destroy us and they seem to be destroying the country and themselves in the process. The, the problem is, is we've been down this road with the Republicans before I know it. I and know they, it. they I know say it. a good game. Well, we got to take care of this first. They don't ever mean it. They don't ever mean it. No, they don't. That's why I'm not a Republican. I'm right. not a registered Republican right. just for that reason. And I was, I was shocked though, that, they really did do certain things under Trump that I didn't think they would do. I didn't think they would actually rebuild that rickety wall and start to rebuild some new air, uh, build some new areas. I never thought they'd do that. I thought that was all going to be rhetoric. And I never thought that, uh, that we would go into Anwar or say that we want gas right. and oil on right. federal lands. I didn't, or deregulate. Dereg- I never thought that way. I know. Well, that was really, I don't think that was Republicans. I think that was Donald Trump, most of it. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, thank you so much for being a uh, part of the program today. Thanks for everything that you do. The uh, the author of the book, The Dying Citizen, uh, I believe it came out just this week. The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. Common Sense. And you need to pick the book up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so I told you yesterday, and I'm not making this up, a trillion-dollar platinum coin is being debated now by some of the top uh, uh, economic minds uh, in the country and Congress. Get the Treasury to print or to coin one coin, mark it a trillion dollars, put it in the Federal Reserve, and say, print off of that. It's insanity, and that's why inflation is going to become insane, whether they do that or not. And gold is always the hedge against insanity, the hedge against inflation. Please, uh, you want to put some money in Bitcoin, put some money in Bitcoin. But I don't know about that. I do know that since the beginning of time, the world always returns to gold. Gold line. They're offering a free Maple Flex silver bar with a qualifying purchase of $5 gold Indians this week only. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't wait. Call 866 Gold Line. That's 866 Gold Line or goldline.com. Please call them now. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Let's go, Brandon. You know what I'm saying there? Very excited for Brandon and his future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Brandon. Love that. Love that. If you know what it, if you know what it actually means, uh, <laughs> you should get the new T-shirt that is available from the Blaze. Shop.blazemedia.com. Thank you very much. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. So I uh, uh, last night I went to uh, a late showing of the new James Bond movie. Is out this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out a little earlier. Like two years ago. <laughs> and my family, we are big Daniel Craig, James Bond fans. We watch yeah. Casino Royale at least once a year. As a family, we will all sit down and watch Casino Royale at least once a year. Mm. Skyfall uh, and uh, what was the, the last Spectre? one? Spectre. Uh, there's only one that was, I think, was bad. We don't even, we don't, that movie shall not be named. That particular 
one in the Daniel Craig series. Right. Now, it's interesting because they had Billie Eilish sang the song yeah. for No Time to Die, yeah. which came out two uh, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The song came out in February of 2020. Yeah. So, you know, they always do that. They release the mm. song a couple of weeks before the movie and then the yeah. movie just never came out. Right. Uh, but it came out, it was supposed to come out in, I think, was it March or April of 2020 and it's been delayed several times now. Yeah. Uh, and each time it got kicked back, I went, this movie better damn well be worth it. Yeah, you know? right. Because I mean, if it sucked, this yeah, would be. Yeah, if it sucked, if it sucked. Um, let me tell you, I believe it was worth the wait. Uh, I don't want to hype it. I want you to just to go in going, that's yeah, a pretty good James Bond movie. Just go in with that attitude. That's kinda, I heard it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. That's good because you don't want to oversell it. That's a classic Glenn Beck thing to do. He tells you it's the greatest movie of all time, and then you go in there it's and it's pretty good, but all. you're totally disappointed by that. Yeah, it's not the greatest movie of all time. I I I happen to think that it is. It's my favorite of the series of the entire James Bond universe. Series. No, no, no. Of the of the Daniel Craig series. Okay. And yeah, the the Daniel Craig are my favorite James Bonds. Okay, so to be clear, <laughs> this is typical Glenn. He's not saying it's the best movie of no, all no, time. No, no, I'm not. He's I'm just not saying you're going to feel that way. I'm saying 45 James Bond movies that no, have no, never no. been released. I think, except for the <laughs> second Daniel Craig, which fits right by what was that guy's name that did one James Bond movie? Uh, uh, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Okay. It was no. That, uh, yeah, it was Timothy yeah, Dalton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Dalton, that movie is slightly better than the second Daniel Craig movie. Okay? <laughs> really? Was it that? Was it? Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, but all in all, I love the story arc. I love the fact that they're all tied together. I didn't realize that until I think we got to Spectre or Skyfall. And I'm like, hey, that relates back to the first one. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer sometimes. Uh, and, uh, and so I love the storyline and I love what they, I, I just love the way they wrapped it up. You'll like it. Okay. You'll like it. So a couple of things to get our bond, uh, history. Correct. First okay. of all, George Lazenby was the one with the one movie. Um, Timothy Dalton, Timothy Dalton had two. He did living daylights two? and license to kill. Wow. Never to, saw license to kill. Then it went to Pierce Brosnan for Oof. four. Yeah. And then Daniel Craig now has five. The second one, which you are giving a tough time to. Don't say it. Would be Quantum of Solace. Oh, my gosh. Don't say it. <laughs> I think you I saw say, that one. And they did you not think say it was that three times and it's suddenly on Netflix and you're watching it. Really? <laughs> yes. Don't do it. No. Don't do it. That's because uh, all of your devices are listening to you. That's, that's exactly got to right. It's not a creepy. Oh, you want, we've decided you want to see Quantum of Solace? No! And I can't believe this. I'm looking at now the list of all of the Bond movies. And the, the lowest reviews they give to any movie in the entire series is A View to a Kill with Roger Moore. Which was oh. one of the greatest films of all time. I mean, clearly. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> Some of it doesn't hold up, but let me give you a part. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, okay. Planes. They used planes they, in that. They still fly planes. Yes. Now, yeah. let me give you a part of this that does hold up. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. yeah. was it was a prophecy in some way. Mm-hmm. The, vi- the villain in the movie is Max Zorin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Max Zorin is a very strange person. <laughs> 
who seems to be somewhat of a result of an experiment from Nazi Germany. But he... <laughs> so forget that for a second. Okay. All right. He has a plot, as all Bond villains do, mm-hmm. to do terrible mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. His plot was to take explosives and put them under the earth mm-hmm. in, in a very large uh, amount mm-hmm. and ex- blow them up, which would then cause a massive earthquake that would bury Silicon Valley underwater. Or it would essentially turn Silicon Valley why, into a lake. Why did we stop him? That's Max Zorin for president. That's I Roger mean, Moore. That's blame this on Roger Moore. We wouldn't have had Facebook. We wouldn't have Instagram. We wouldn't have Google. We wouldn't have any of these things. Roger only Moore Max must Zorin. be stopped. Yes. Wow. That's the villain in that yeah. movie. We didn't realize that Max Zorn was the hero. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's, uh, I'm a little disappointed in that uh, review of, of You to a Kill, with, uh, which was a classic Bond film. However, it sucked. It's I little, loved Roger Moore. He it was, was a little my, campy, but I yeah, loved he it. He was my James Bond when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, And and mine as well. Yeah. I mean, that was 19, his last one was A View to a Kill. It was 1985. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved Roger Moore. At the time... <laughs> It doesn't really age well. He was about 84 when he made this yeah, one. Uh, yeah. And uh, doesn't age well. He's not uh, fast in the movie. I do remember him in chase scenes and it's it seems and like they could have caught him there. Too much polyester and leisure suits. <laughs> I mean, it's just that whole that whole decade, you know, was bad to re, re, to remember. Okay? Bad on film, bad on records, 70s or 80s? 70s. Okay. Uh bad bad. We should all forget that era. Okay. Now, uh, right? I, things have yeah. improved in many ways. Although, I don't know. Are yeah. you? No, they. Are you, uh, are, you coming to, uh, are you coming to the Mercury One thing tomorrow? I would love to come. Are you inviting me? I would love to come. Glad. Thank you for that invite. Oh I appreciate no, it. We're you know what? all I'm, sold unfortunately, out. Oh. Sold out. If you'd like yes. tickets, you can still get tickets. Just go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org. Um, if your name is Stu, we have we are full up on Stu's. So, <laughs> oh no, uh, I, I didn't yeah. know you. Too many. Too many. A name quota. Yeah, in place. unfortunately, That's... it's the Toyota Music. It's not me, man. It's the Toyota Music Factory. I've seen several shows at this particular yeah, venue. I know. Must not have been so many Stu's there when you went. But, mm, uh, okay. Yeah, this is going to be a great uh, event, though. And it's uh, tom- tomorrow. Tomorrow. And I'm going to introduce you to the real hero, the actual real hero. Well, now that you've invited the real hero, he can come and I uh can be there and you can introduce me. And that's exactly what will happen. Mm -hmm. I will introduce you (laughs) and the real hero will be there and I'll introduce him. Oh, great. Um, But uh, uh, anyway, he's the real guy who made every deserves all the accolades for uh, what happened in Afghanistan, and we're going to give you an, uh, a profound update on that uh, tomorrow. And I'm also going to be um, explaining um, step one on how we, what we have to do to save our country. It's the power of one tomorrow. Okay, I have to get this off of my desk. It's been on my desk all week. I saw this correction. And I thought, I just have to share this because, you know, people say that the media, that the media just gets things wrong. And I want you to know that the Daily Camera, uh, which is the Boulder, Colorado paper of record, mm-hmm. uh, has had to retract an article. 
and they they wanted to post some corrections in the article. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And that's how you make them. When okay. you're a journalist, you make a mistake, you post correction. Okay, so it was a story that they posted on 9-11 of this year, and there are some things that they just needed to correct in the story. Okay. And I just, I just want to give you uh, okay. So first, uh, quotations, they interviewed a bunch of people for this, and uh, one of the people um, said, you got to make some corrections here. Um, uh, one that he said that he was, sus- uh, that he suspended a phone call with colleagues on September 11th, 2001, that he monitored white house orders during the crisis and that he escaped from the Pentagon. Uh, and he personally witnessed rescues there. Okay. He, he so- said, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say those things. Okay. Yeah. Well, they maybe they got that mixed up or or whatever. But they, yeah, yeah. So they just wanted to correct, they corrected that. It. Oh, well, and and also that uh, they said that he participated in a video conference with colleagues that were working in the Pentagon. Some of whom he learned later that evening were killed in the attack. Um, mm. He just sounds like an amazing story, that, but that part didn't. Yeah, that part didn't happen. Uh, nobody that he was on the phone call with. Were, okay. Were, okay. I mean, look, you know, sometimes there are mistakes made when you're writing a complicated. Um, also, also that he said that uh, the phone calls he made immediately after the plane struck the World Trade Center tower, um, that, that didn't happen. And um, an inaccurate statement wrongly attributed to him regarding President George W. Bush's address to the uh, nation that morning. They got that one. They got that uh, wrong. Well, well, you mentioned they they interviewed several people. What maybe they they attributed some stories from other people to this guy, well, and that's the no. Well, first let me just wrap him up. Oh. Um, the story also attributes to him numerous re- references to exact times, which he said I, I didn't bring those up with the <laughs> reporter. So so that oh, and his current vocation, he he lobbies uh, at Colorado's congressional delegation. Um, and, uh, he's not a university speaker. So, okay. Well, right. I mean, so look, yeah. the, the, the details of his job are not right. that germane. Yeah. To right. The story sure. And if that's point. your mistake, that's yeah. your mistake. No. And, and good for the daily camera to admit those And that things. does seem, I, I would say extensive, but yeah. you know, at least they came out and right. told And the, the other person that they interviewed said, um, oh. uh, she, the statement from authorities that they couldn't contact uh, United Airlines Flight 175 was not true. Okay. Um, the United Airlines had down communications and she suspected a hijacking. She said, I never said that <laughs> uh, regarding the monitoring of real time live in flight information. Not true. No. Stating that she was terrified to go back to the skies. She said no. That her love of being <laughs> airborne died that day. Not true. <laughs> Stating that she had survivor's <laughs> guilt uh, and her emotional reaction upon realizing that something profoundly bad had just happened and i would never see my friends again not not, not true not, okay not true but not true I, look this happens occasionally yeah. not usually at this scale yeah. Yeah. but you know maybe somebody had a bad well, day also 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 <laughs> that she said her two closest friends were on board uh united flight 175 and she had flown with them at least a hundred times a hundred times she said i knew the two flight attendants and we had flown together but uh not the other and then the the third person that they interviewed they got a couple of things wrong there uh, another uh yeah john maynard said i never said that i left for work listening to reports of the events on my car radio i i didn't know that it would i'd soon be sifting through debris to help with identification i i, I 
I didn't say that I didn't know if my daughter was dead or alive. Uh, by the way, they identified his daughter and they gave the wrong name for her. Um, he said, uh, I never identified flight 175 as my daughter's typical flight. Uh, I wasn't called to report in New York City as a mental health specialist with the FBI. I never tied the events of 9-11 to anger. Uh, and I never said anything about the veterans of the Afghan war. Um, I watched it. I'm not an FBI employee. I watched the events on television. Um, oh, and him saying that he found peace 20 years later and saying that the Afghan veterans should talk about their experiences should... Uh, uh, was not was 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 not true was not true so they correct so at me. least i mean look sometimes well, you have interviews with three people on. and everything they say is false but that can happen they also acknowledge <laughs> the camera also acknowledges that there are a few other things the headline labeling the subjects of the story survivors of 9-11 none of them were president at uh, president <laughs> any of the tech locations <laughs> They say they got well, they did in the survive st- the date. Right. Though. Well, yes. So right. that's true. They got wrong. The apparently the location of the Pentagon, <laughs> the timing of some of the events on 9-11, the, location uh, of the, uh, the work arrangements of one of the interviews. Uh, this woman was not scheduled to work on 9-11, hadn't switched schedules with another flight attendant. Uh, the year that one of the people they talked to graduated from Boulder High School. Right. Uh, the trip to New York was on a commercial flight not a special flight for the fbi mm-hmm. uh the uh, person's trip back to boulder was not in a caravan with other flight attendants um <laughs> where one of the people worked that uh, be real that day uh and the last thing that the daily camera wants you to know about this article is this list does not necessarily constitute every <laughs> error in the article <laughs> It's amazing. I must know where they said the Pentagon was. <laughs> it's in uh, Idaho. It's fantastic. What? Why do you mess that up? No, but don't worry. The press has got it okay, together. Good. All right. Patriot Mobile. Taking a stand for what you believe in is hard. Taking a stand against things you don't believe in can be even harder. When I tell you a lot of the big mobile carriers today support leftist causes, uh, you don't want to be doing business with them. Um, just, just switch. You're going to save a lot of money if you switch to Patriot Mobile. A lot of money. Now, they're on the same cell towers as the big companies. You're going to get the same great service, the same coverage. You're not funneling money into Planned Parenthood by working with them. And you'll pay about half the price. PatriotMobile.com slash back. We have to stand together. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code BECK. They have special discounts for veterans and first responders. PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. 972-PATRIOT. The Glenn Beck Program. Mm, Hello and welcome to the program. Uh, By the way, there is a, a retraction from the New York Times today that we uh we want to we want to pass on yeah it's uh, important you note uh, there was an article they wrote and it misstated the number of covid hospitalizations among u.s children um they it was the real number is sixty three thousand. but they they accidentally they, printed, they accidentally had a different number in there um 
900,000. 900. Well, so, it's happens. a matter of just you know. sometimes you put an extra zero or leave a zero off. And six plus you know. three is nine. Right. So Sometimes you just replace the nine with a three and a six. And <laughs> right. it happens. I mean, it's easy to see. Back program.